Okay, on today's show, well, we're gonna. Oh, uh, let me start, Mark. Are, are, yeah. are you sure? I'll say. I'll tell everybody well, what I, today's. I kind of had something planned. Oh come uh, on! No. no, listen, I've got a really good idea. Okay, I see what you're doing, <laughs> Lara. This is the Huntley Street Podcast. It's Mark Masri and Lara Watson here, and today we're talking about boundaries. Mm, she mm. was pushing them there for a second. <laughs> yes. For effect, but a really important conversation. And your guest today has had her boundaries breached many times in terms of people taking advantage, very close relationships to her taking advantage of her. Yes. Lisa Turkers, she's the founder of Proverbs 31 Ministries, a prolific Bible teacher and author. And, you know, married to her husband, Art, for many years. They've got a bunch of kids together. Um, they went through this whole season. And, you know, she doesn't really talk about that as much in the interview, but this season where they separated because he had these really significant you know, struggles in his life with addiction and infidelity. Mm -hmm. And then they reconciled, you know, and they renewed their vows and they went on this journey of, of, you know, restoration in their marriage. And yet then things began to deteriorate again. And so Lisa had to come to this place where, you know, does God want me to have a boundary in this relationship? Um, What kind of access should my husband have? Should this continue? And she really discovered all of this stuff about boundaries in the Bible, that God is a God of boundaries, that um, you know boundaries have such biblical roots in our lives. And yet so many of us are so bad at, at doing them. You know, Mark, I struggle with boundaries all the time. Oh my goodness, Laura. It's, it's almost impossible for me to say no. You know, at least in the earlier part of my life, it was yeah. very difficult for me to say no when someone asked something of me because you, because there's a bit of people pleaser in me. So I don't ever want to let somebody down. But as we get older... And time becomes, I think, a little more precious, or at least our acknowledgement of how precious time is, mm-hmm. especially the time that we want to reserve for those that we love, family members. Yes. We have to say no at times, and we have mm-hmm. to put up those boundaries. And it's for our best interest. Yes. It's for the best interest of our loved ones. And in many cases, it's in the best interest of the person that is trying to push the boundary mm-hmm. a little bit with you because they're not going to get the best part of you. No, They might get some of you, but they're not going to get the best part of you. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot we can learn from an experience of someone like Lisa and yeah. she's gone through it. You know, her, a boundary for her was her health and well-being and her yeah. emotional well-being. That's you know, right. and that's a very valid concern. Yes. You know, and I think as she was, you know, looking at her marriage and what was going on, there was this side of her that was just saying, you know, God doesn't want this for me and realizing it, you know, pressing into the Bible. I think that, um, you know, what I love in this book is just how she points out that God wants us to have boundaries, even when we have to say no to someone for the sake of our health and for the sake of that relationship Mm -hmm. being healthy, right? Because if we don't say no to an unhealthy relationship or unhealthy patterns, then, um, you know, then it's not going to do well anyhow. Uh, but it's not easy. You know, I, I was uh, speaking with someone a while ago and they said it's so important to have ruthless compassion on yourself. Mm-hmm. So it's like time to set up that boundary, time to carve out the time, whether it's with your loved ones or with God or, you know, say no to the things you need to say no to. But it's easier said than done. And this is why I love Lisa's book, Good Boundaries and Goodbyes, because she really gives people the courage to gently and gracefully set boundaries, to do it with God's power, not to do it out of spite or anger ever. Right. Right. But just like doing it to say, we all need to be healthier. And sometimes that leads to a goodbye. And I think that's, you know, that's hard. And she doesn't say everyone should have to say goodbye to a relationship. Right. But right. 
Very well, it's going to be a great conversation. Um, she's a wonderful author, a Christian leader in that space, and and has had to be bold and courageous. You know, being very out there with her own journey and being so vulnerable. So I think we should go to that interview now, Lara. We've all been there, tired, exhausted, and depleted by a relationship that we just don't know how to fix. Maybe it's time for some good old-fashioned boundaries. Lisa Turkers, best-selling author and founder of Proverbs 31 Ministries, joins me now to talk about her new book, Good Boundaries and Goodbyes. Welcome to 100 Huntley Street, Lisa. Thank you so much. It's such a joy to be with you today. Oh, it's our pleasure. We're thankful that you're back with us. You know, Lisa, you wrote Good Boundaries and Goodbyes to help people have healthier relationships uh, in the ways God has called us to have relationships so they're thriving and full of life and love, but also because of a journey you were going through, um, something that has been really hard in your life for the past seven or eight years. Can you share a little bit about this part of your story with us? Absolutely. Um, it was the death of my marriage that really was the unfortunate ending to a really hard, challenging eight, nine years in my life. And, you know, I fought really, really hard because I did not want that outcome. But I've learned that sometimes God's redemption looks like reconciliation. And sometimes God's redemption is a rescue. And I think for me, it was reaching that place where I would say God finally gave me the revelation that not only was this relationship unsustainable, but it had become unbiblical. And so I left lots of room for God to move. But in the end, I didn't walk away. I just had to accept reality. Hmm. Such a challenging journey, Lisa. And what's so unique about your situation is as a global ministry leader, you have uh, shared that journey with so many people. And, and as you've sought, you know, you sought reconciliation, you sought all of those different layers of trying to redeem the relationship. Um, you're right. You had to accept the reality uh, that even God is closing that door. For those watching right now, and, and you know, maybe it's resonating with them a little bit, um, maybe my relationship's not that healthy, whichever relationship it might be in their lives, what would be the telltale sign or some of the signs that a relationship is unhealthy and doesn't have healthy boundaries? Well, I think there's several, and certainly today, I'm not gonna try to tell you what to think, but I do wanna give you a lot to think about. So look for the chaos. Where's the relational chaos in your relationship? And where there's chaos, there's usually a lack of a boundary. You can also ask yourself some questions. Do I, in this relationship, cover up the best of who I am to try to hide the worst of who someone else is? Is there this feeling that I've gotten to the place where I'm saying, I'm starting to say, I just don't know how much more of this I can take. I, I, this isn't working. And maybe you even hit that spot where you find yourself working harder on the other person than they're working on themselves. This is the problem with dysfunction in relationships. Sometimes we have danced with a certain dysfunction for so long that we start calling dysfunction normal. And I think it's good to take a step back. And that's one of the reasons why I wrote Good Boundaries and Goodbyes and provided so many checklists in this book 
to give people a lot to consider and a lot to think about. And it's not at all that I want to encourage people to walk away from relationships. It's that I believe boundaries really helps people avoid extremes, the extreme of either staying in the dysfunction of a relationship and just trying to survive all the way to the extreme of getting so fed up that you walk away. Boundaries should help bring all of that back to the middle. And boundaries are really an effective communication tool so that you can fight for the relationship and spend less time fighting against that other person. Lisa, so good. And you know, I read uh, your incredible book. I applied some of the principles and I have to tell you that it made a difference in my relationships. I began to see change so quickly. Um, and it's really interesting about what you said. This isn't a, a book or you know, telling you how to leave people by any means. This is a book so you can have the healthiest relationships possible. And those relationships can be um, a place of love and of peace. And you, know, you talk about chaos. It's such a strong indicator that something is unhealthy. And you know, God is not a God of chaos. And what's interesting in your book, and I love how you and your, uh, you, wrote, you co-wrote the book with your longtime therapist, Jim Cress, but you unpack the idea that boundaries are not just a good idea, they're a God idea. That super excites me. Will you share a bit more with our viewers? Absolutely. So I, one of the reasons that I wrote this book and something that's a distinctive from other boundary books that have been written is I wrote from the point of my struggle, not my strength. I'm not a natural expert on boundaries, um, but I am someone who understands how challenging it is to live out healthy boundaries, how to communicate healthy boundaries, how to even think of what the boundaries should be. So I think people will find it very refreshing that more than being taught at the beginning of Good Boundaries and Goodbyes, I think you'll find that I seek to understand you and where you're at and why this is so challenging. But part of my challenge was that I lacked the biblical confidence that boundaries are okay for Christians. Yeah. And then I did a deep theological study and what I discovered was mind blowing. Mm -hmm. Right in the beginning of the Bible in Genesis one, God established the foundation of the world using boundaries. He separated light from darkness. He separated dry land from the sea. He separated the sky from the water. And then as I get into Genesis chapter two, that's where I was even more astounded that of all the subject matters God could have chosen for the first topic to talk about the first recorded conversation with man, God chose the topic of a boundary. I mean, that's just amazing to me. And the way that God established the boundary gives us so much context for what a healthy boundary looks like. God says to Adam, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden. So what that tells me is boundaries help establish where the freedom is. It's not just a restriction, but it's the boundary lines help determine where the freedom is. So you don't have to walk on eggshells and try so hard to figure out, can I do this? Can I not do this? Can I eat from this tree? Can I not eat from this tree? And then God says, you're free to eat from any tree in the garden. That means that the boundary was not so overly restrictive that it lacked provision for Adam. There was plenty of provision. And God said, but you must not eat from this one tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, or else you will die. And so was God setting the boundary just to be 
a restriction in Adam's life? No, he was trying to establish the boundary for protection. And I see so much of the way God communicated this boundary and had this boundary conversation with Adam. I see so much similarity in what we should do as well. And so it started to give me the biblical confidence that boundaries are not just a good idea. They're God's idea. And God modeled it all the way through the Bible. Mm. And uh, he certainly does, but you're right. So many of us don't understand the theological roots of boundaries, that this is a biblical idea. Um, you know, you talk about Adam and Eve in the book and, and also this concept of um, access and responsibility. You know, a lot of us, as you write in the book, are good about that with our bank accounts or certain parts of our lives. But God did have to reduce Adam's access and Eve's access because the responsibility wasn't there. Can you share a little bit more about this idea? It's, it's a very strong idea, and I think it brings a lot of clarity and freedom for a lot of people. Absolutely. So I continued to read the Bible, and um, I did notice that when Adam and Eve violated the one boundary that God had given them, you know, do not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they didn't immediately die, but they were sent out from the garden and their body started the process of aging, which would lead to eventual death. So they were denied access. They were sent out. And that had me a little curious. They, they didn't hold up their end of the responsibility and they were denied access. But where this really came to light for me is when God established the temple, he allowed certain people certain access in the temple, not all people, all access. And it wasn't because this group of people was more valuable than this group of people. It was because different people were required to demonstrate different levels of responsibility. The more responsibility that you were required to demonstrate, the more access you were given all the way to the high priest. The high priest was giving the greatest access. He once a year could go into the Holy of Holies to make atonement for the people, but that level of access required that same level of responsibility. He had to be perfectly purified and cleansed or else he would suffer the greatest consequence, which was that he would die. So as I started thinking about it, I thought, okay, these two words are really important, access and responsibility. Here's my problem. Is it okay if I do more confession right here on the show? Yes, it certainly is. <laughs> Okay, so part of my issue and why I was struggling with boundaries is because I was given level 10 access to people who were only demonstrating, let's say, for example, level three responsibility. And when I say access, I mean access to my limited capacity. I'm limited not because I'm selfish, but because I'm human. Only God has a limitless supply. I don't. In so many areas of my life, physically, financially, relationally, my time. So all of that, all of those capacities are limited. So if I'm giving someone level 10 access to a certain capacity in my life, but they're only demonstrating level three responsibility, that distance between those two, therein lies the the chaos in the relationship and the need for a boundary. I can ask this person to lift up their area of responsibility and demonstrate more responsibility. But if they are unwilling or incapable of anything higher than a level three, then a boundary is needed. But here's my mistake that I was making. I kept trying to put a boundary on this person 
to try to force them to change and be more responsible with the access that I've given them. But we all know we cannot change another person permanently. We can create temporary behavior modification, but lasting change, they have to want that for themselves. They have to be willing and capable. And if they're not, putting a boundary on them is not going to work. It's just going to frustrate us. So instead, I put a boundary around myself and I decide to lower the level of access to that capacity that I'm granting that person down to their demonstrated level of responsibility. So relational equilibrium can be attained once more. Oh, that's such a great insight. So we're sometimes putting the boundary on ourselves because we cannot expect the other person to change or come up to the level that we need them to be at to be safe and healthy in relationship with us. Oh, Lisa, that's good. That's <laughs> eye-opening for me and I know for our viewers. Um, you know, Lisa, sometimes when we're setting boundaries, um, we can do it from a place because we're fed up or we're angry and the focus can be about changing the other person. But you're so clear and you know, you've touched on that a little bit now um, that we should not set boundaries from this perspective. That is not the right foundation. It's not effective. What should be our posture as we're aiming to set boundaries with somebody we love? Well, first of all, I want to say I get it. I can get in situations where the emotions rise and the the conversation is so tense and I'm just so desperate to get something productive to happen in the conversation. So I can still be guilty of trying to implement a boundary right in the moment. And I, I understand why that happens. But a better tactic, my counselor, Jim Crest, taught me is to plan in times of security and in times of stability for times of struggle. And so I've got to pay attention. Where's the chaos in this relationship? Think about the boundary ahead of time and never make that boundary a weapon against that other person. Don't set the boundary from a place of revenge or control or manipulation or punishment. We want to set the boundary for the sake of a better relationship. And the boundary, the purpose of the boundary is not to control the other person. The purpose of the boundary is so that I can remain self-controlled, even if that other person doesn't change at all, that I can remain stable, that I can remain self-controlled, that I can remain sane and safe. And those words are really important. And so let's just get, let me give you an example of this. Um, the holidays are about to come up. And let's say you're inviting Uncle Joe over to Thanksgiving dinner, and you're really excited about this family dinner, and you're providing the cooking and the place, which means your emotional capacity is probably going to be less because whenever I'm tired, and I think this is true of most people, when you're tired and you worked really hard for something, a lack of sleep can sometimes mean a lack of patience. And so we have a a reduced amount of emotional capacity. And you know that as much as you love Uncle Joe, sometimes he brings up politically charged conversations. And you decide this year you do not have that to give. And so you prepare in times of strength for this potential struggle. Instead of just getting riddled with anxiety or instead of trying to just tell Uncle Joe, if you're going to come to Thanksgiving dinner, you cannot bring up politically charged conversations. Well, ultimately you cannot control Uncle Joe. You can ask him, but you cannot control him. 
but you do need to establish a boundary to keep yourself self-control. And so a good conversation to have would be, Uncle Joe, I love that you're coming to this big family gathering. And I want to let you know, not but, because but negates everything that you just said. And you, you do authentically love that he's coming. And I have to inform you that I do not have the emotional capacity this year for politically charged conversations to be brought up around the dinner table. If you choose to do that, I would prefer you didn't. But if you choose to do that, I just want to tell you ahead of time, it will not be an attitude of disrespect, but it is something to keep myself in a good place emotionally. I'm just going to turn to the other end of the table and have a conversation down there so that I can excuse myself from the politically charged conversation, which will be too much for me. Or I will simply temporarily remove myself from the table until that conversation is finished and something else can be talked about. Again, that's going to feel a little awkward at first. It may even feel like, am I allowed to do this? But isn't it so much better to establish that healthy boundary where you have a game plan to remove yourself and stay self-controlled? Then the other option is to get caught off guard by a politically charged conversation and let your emotional response go all the way to the point where you act like someone you never intended to be at this important family gathering. Hmm. Lisa, I love that example. And, you know, throughout the book, uh, Good Boundaries and Goodbyes, you've set a lot of examples like this that actually scripts that we can practice as we're approaching people to set boundaries. There's so much power in practicing uh, those scripts, actually, and in visioning how this boundary will play out when I set it. Everything you've just shown us in this moment. Lisa, as somebody who is a follower of Jesus and, you know, has experienced um, very difficult boundary violations, you know, in your marriage, what would you say um, is the biggest risk or one of, or some of the big risks we take as people created in the image of God, called with a purpose and designed for a reason? What is one of, you know, what are some of the biggest issues that can happen if we don't set boundaries in our lives? Well, I think the biggest risk that we run, and I hint at this in the subtitle, you know, the subtitle of Good Boundaries and Goodbyes is loving others without losing the best of who you are. And I think that's the biggest risk. You know, I sat down with my journal one day and I, I challenged myself, Lisa, when you're at your best, what qualities are most obvious to other people? Mm -hmm. And I wrote down qualities like I am kind, I'm patient, I'm generous, um, I am empathetic. And then I challenged myself, write down the qualities when you get frazzled and fractured because you're hyper, you've allowed something or someone to hyperextend you past a reasonable capacity. And then I started to write down, I become skeptical of other people. I become withdrawn. I become less empathetic and I become impatient. And I just thought, okay, which version of me do I want to be front and center? I want the best of who I am to be front and center. Therefore, I have to use my boundaries so that I can demonstrate the self-control that's required, which also is evidence of God's spirit in me. We're not to control other people, but God does call us to demonstrate self-control, which is evidence of God's spirit in us. I need to be self-controlled enough to remove myself 
from situations that are challenging or to establish something needs to change. And it has to be me changing myself in order to do this. Now, here's another confession. Is it okay if I do one more confession? Sure, of course. I'm confessing. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So here's another confession. I think a big reason I struggled with boundaries, and it wasn't just my marriage, it was honestly all of my relationships, was people pleasing. I just, I didn't want people to be disappointed in me. And so I used to say, I just want to keep everybody happy because I want there to be peace around me. That is partially true. But when I really worked on this, both from a theological standpoint and therapeutic standpoint, I discovered something that really stepped on my toes. And it's this, I wasn't just people pleasing to keep other people happy. I was people pleasing so that they would stay happy so that they wouldn't take something from me that they were giving to me that I felt like if they took that, I might not be okay in this world. Mm -hmm. In other words, I was trying to keep someone else happy so that they wouldn't reject me. I was trying to keep someone else happy so they would continue to um, respect me. I was trying to keep someone else happy so that they wouldn't be disappointed in me or walk away from me. And the chances are, you know, if I draw a healthy boundary and that healthy boundary makes this person reject me, chances are that person is going to reject me whether I draw a healthy boundary or not. Because healthy people respect healthy boundaries. My counselor, Jim Kress says, an unhealthy person has never met a boundary that they liked. Mm. So, but here's the other part of this people-pleasing struggle that was the hardest part to admit. I will always desperately want from other people what I fear God might not provide for me. Mm. And so when I feared that if I, if I drew a healthy boundary and this other person um, walked away from me or abandoned me or rejected me or made me feel less accepted, then that shows me I'm trying to get from that person something that I should get from God as the foundation. So I'm not walking around desperate for other people's acceptance and accepting scraps of love from them. And, and I really had to challenge myself. I've got to live from a place of God's acceptance. And yes, do I need the acceptance of other people? Sure. That's nice, but I'm not desperate for it. Mm -hmm. And that was a big epiphany for me. And it really did help me overcome some of those people-pleasing tendencies, which sometimes prevent me from drawing healthy boundaries. So good, Lisa. And, you know, as you're reflecting on the difference God has made, you know, in your journey, setting boundaries and and keeping yourself safe and, you know, keeping your life um, protected the way God would want it. How has your relationship with Jesus made a difference in giving you the strength to set boundaries and follow through on the healthy consequences that need to be connected to some of them? Well, it's really important for me to look at how Jesus modeled this. And in watching how he modeled boundaries, it gave me even more confidence and honestly closeness to him that he cares about me. He doesn't want me to live in situations where 
you know, I'm being abused or where I'm being heartbroken over and over or where I am being worn out, frazzled and fractured, you know, and, and it was really important for me in this book, Good Boundaries and Goodbyes, to point out scriptures that sometimes people weaponize against Christians, well-meaning Christians will weaponize Bible verses against other well-meaning Christians to say, you know, boundaries aren't biblical. And one of the verses that I noticed that a lot of people would say is, well, Jesus laid down his life for his friends and he called us to lay down our life, for our friends. And so, you know, that just proves that boundaries aren't biblical. No, it does not prove that boundaries aren't biblically biblical. Jesus laid down his life. Yes. For a high and holy purpose. Jesus did not lay down his life to enable bad behavior to continue. You see, we must not confuse the good command to love with the bad behavior of enabling other people just to take whatever they want to take and to request of us things that are not realistic or maybe things that we just don't have to give. And again, it's not because we're selfish. It's because our humanity makes us limited. Mm -hmm. And sometimes if I step in the place of trying to be a limitless supply for someone else, I'm really trying to be some sort of God in their life. And it's when I remove myself and acknowledge my own limited capacity that maybe that will make space for that other person to turn to the real ultimate source. And that's to the Lord himself. Mm. Lisa, so good, so powerful. Your new book, uh, Good Boundaries and Goodbyes, it's been so life-giving for me. It's brought freedom into my own life. And I'm just thankful for your bravery, your honesty, but that rich theological and biblical truth within it, which I know will bring freedom to our viewers. Lisa, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. It was such an honor. And I, um, I'm so touched that you've been reading the book and that it's been helping you. So thank you for sharing that with me. My pleasure. Will you donate two hours of your time? Crossroads Prayer Center is seeking people with a heart willing to join in the amazing work God is doing through prayer. Providing over 1,300 prayer interactions daily, Crossroads Prayer Partners speak biblical truth and words of life over people's needs. Join in God's transforming work through prayer and enrich your faith. Learn more at crossroads.ca slash prayervolunteer. Well, Laura, quite uh, a conversation you had with Lisa there. I want to read a quote. It was from a social media post. Um, it says, honoring your limits reduces your anxiety and prioritizes your peace. Mm. What's really cool about that is, okay, yeah, we can often sort of the obvious thing, it reduces our anxiety because we're not allowing people to eat up our time as much or to infringe upon what should be time used for other, maybe perhaps more important things like our peace. The other side of that is it's showing that we prioritize certain areas that build us up, that are life-giving to us, that actually make us a better person, a better husband, better wife, better parent, yes. better friend, better professional, whatever it is, fill in the blank, better whatever, mm -hmm. because you are putting your priorities in the right place. Oh, it's so good. And I think, you know, that sense of peace. I think one of the interesting things Lisa says in the conversation is wherever you see chaos... 
you know, you know that there are boundaries being violated mm. in your relationships. And because I did ask her and I was wondering about that, right? Well, how do you, sometimes you can't even tell the boundaries are being violated, but you just have this sense of a nagging sense. I don't have peace mm-hmm. or something just feels off. And so she said, you know, wherever you see chaos and that's, that's really interesting. Um, that puts a lot in perspective. And so the opposite of, you know, p- uh, chaos is peace. And so what we want is peace. And, and, you know, that's what God wants for us. God is a God of boundaries. You know, he, you know, he separated the heavens and the earth, right? You think about creation. It's so clear. He delineates between the water and the land. He's doing all of these boundaries, the boundaries even of uh, man and woman as they're created and, and how we steward over the earth. And so for us to disregard boundaries is really unwise, actually, as spiritual beings, um, and as those who are created in the image of God, who is a God of boundaries. Absolutely. You know, I've heard um, a sermon series uh, preached at our church talking about this whole area even of of sexuality and as it relates to what is healthy context for our relationship with to each other mm-hmm. sexually as, as husband and wife. And there are he, he, the pastor draws sort of this parallel uh, or uses a river as a metaphor. And the only way a river is a river is because there are banks on either side that keep the water contained to one area. And those are the healthy boundaries that God sets for us. And that's just one example. But just to your point, Laura, God is very much about healthy boundaries and creating that sort of that distinction between what is healthy Mm -hmm. and what is unhealthy. You know, know, there are a lot of things that are permissible, but not all things are beneficial. That is so good. Oh, yes. Wow. Well, you know, if you're listening right now and maybe you're struggling with some boundaries in your life or even just listening to Lisa's conversation, I'm not giggling here, but there were some relationships Mm -hmm. that came up in my head as I was was talking to her. So maybe some things are coming forward for you. Maybe you're saying, well, I know I've always struggled with boundaries or I'm realizing some of my relationships aren't so healthy and the boundaries are off. We want to encourage you that, you know, you can... um, redefine your boundaries with people, that God can give you the strength to do that. Sometimes you've got to prayerfully do that. You know, I know, Mark, for me, when I'm struggling with my boundaries, I have to pray to God and ask him for strength to actually do that and and be able to say no, because I know there's wisdom, right, in that moment of saying no, and God's wanting me to say no mm-hmm. to something. So, you know, we want to encourage you that you can say, you can say no when you need to, that boundaries are possible, and that God wants you to have the healthiest relationships possible in your life, and He wants you to be healthy. Yeah. You know, God is not calling us to um, sacrifice ourselves. He's yeah. calling us to, to be, be all merciful. things to all people. That's no. not God's mandate That's for right. us. Um, and I'm glad you brought up this whole uh, idea of prayer, the concept of prayer, because we really firmly believe in the power of prayer. Yes. You want to talk about a place to start and say, God, please show me, reveal to me the yeah. areas where I'm being stretched thin, areas where I just need to say no and either focus more time with you, which is always a good time when you're spending more time with God, or spend more focused time with family or just be more yeah. present in those moments where it really does have eternal value and yes. really is for the betterment of your family and those relationships, those pre- precious relationships. We want to encourage you that if you need someone to pray with you through this, yes. we've got wonderful prayer partners that are available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. doesn't matter what continent you're listening from, what time of day it is. 
they will pick up. And the number is 1-866-273-4444. I'll give that to you again. 1-866-273-4444. Or if you're you know, on your laptop right now, you're listening to this podcast and you want to send an email just requesting prayer, you want to stay anonymous, that's cool too. Mm-hmm. Prayer at crossroads.ca and we will, uh, you will hear back from us and one of our prayer partners. They are loving. There's no judgment. They're beautiful people inside and out. And they just want you as we do as well want you to experience the full life that can be found in Christ Jesus. Yes, amen. And, you know, we are so excited that you're tuning in with us right now, that you're journeying with us. Well, we journey with you and with God right. and all the great things God has in store for you, our listeners, and uh, and us while we're all together here talking about the great things He can do in our lives and the great things He's doing. Amen, amen. Well, you've been listening to the 100 Huntley Street Podcast with... Lara Watson and Mark Masri, we're so glad you've joined us today and uh, check back again soon. Thank you for your ongoing support of Crossroads, a supporter-funded nonprofit organization and member of the Canadian Centre of Christian Charities. Thanks to faithful people like you, we are able to continue producing 100 Huntley Street. You can write to Crossroads, P.O. Box 5100, Burlington, Ontario, L7R4M2, or visit crossroads.ca to learn more about our programs.